a good move. Why'd you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie on this podcast. I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time. And the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 2, Episode 7, Super Sir Loin. Okay, Friday, let me tell you, Martha. On a wrap. Super Sirloin premiering August 31st, 2003. So we have jumped ahead about two months from the previous episode, Super Spore. And this being the return of MCP Pants, which is the second time that characters will come back from the first season other than the main characters like the Aqua Teens and Carl. The first time, in case you don't have it in mind, would be when the Moon and Knights reappeared at the end of Supercomputer. Which I think is very interesting and suggests that Matt and Dave and everyone else were really confident in this show. The fact that they weren't rushing to bring back these characters that, that proved popular in the first season. You know, it's, it's the seventh episode now and they are properly bringing a character back. Yes, they brought back the Moon and Knights, but that was only for, you know, 10 seconds, something like that, 15 seconds. So this being an episode fully featuring MCP pants... And yeah, just kind of cool, I think, that they waited seven episodes to do this kind of thing rather than right off the bat, like, oh, we got to get these popular characters back. It shows that they are pushing themselves to do new things throughout the season instead of riding on the coattails of season one, which is nice. So since I only had volumes two and three on DVD growing up, this was my MCP pants episode. Of course, I had seen the original many times, but I was kind of at the mercy of whenever Adult Swim would want to play that one. But this one I owned, I could watch whenever I wanted. So this one I've seen way more times than the initial MCP Pants episode. But having said that, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this one, and I'm not really going to give any more away until we dive into the episode. But as always, we got some other stuff to talk about first. It's that time of the week where I let you know there is no new Aqua Teen news regarding Aqua Donk side pieces or the film. Hopefully we'll hear something soon. You know, I mean, it's only a matter of time. But until then, hey, I'm sure there's some good stuff in the works. So moving on, on last month's Community Jiggle, I read a comment we got on YouTube from Erin Brown about her time, you know, growing up with Aqua Teen and all that good stuff. And Erin has left us a voice message. So let's take a listen. Hi, this is Erin Brown. I left you a message on your first podcast episode that you read in your last community jiggle. I very much um, appreciated hearing you read that. I am leaving you a voice message, and I hope that I make it in time for Super Sirloin, which is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I doubt I will, but I wanted to wait till today, March the 3rd, to leave it because today is my birthday. I wanted to talk a little bit about MCP Pants. He's probably my favorite of the villain characters, second to the Plutonians and slightly above the Moonanites. He introduced me to MC Chris, who is, to this day, one of my favorite artists. He was definitely, definitely one of my favorites as a teenager. I always enjoyed his, you know, stupid and needlessly complicated plans to uh, summon demons or rob a bank or become a vampire and live forever. Um, anyway, 
I hope this comment finds you well, and I very, very much look forward to listening to Super Sirloin with or without my input. And keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome, and have a great day. Aaron, thank you for the comment. And of course, happy birthday, happy spirit journey formation anniversary. I think it's very selfless and kind that you chose your birthday to uh, send in this this voice message to this stupid podcast. But thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, Aaron had a lot to say about MCP pants in that voice message. Of course, it had me contemplating, do I even need to do this episode anymore? Because enough has been said. What more do I have to add here? But a little something I can add is I think MCP Pants is my favorite villain as well so far. If you have watched the ranking I did of all the season one episodes, the MCP Pants episode was my favorite. So I think it's safe to say he's my favorite villain for reasons discussed in that YouTube video. Getting into some MC Chris talk now. But yeah, MC Chris is is just an amazing rapper in and of itself. I mean, if, if you, the listener, has not heard any of MC Chris's stuff beyond his Aqua Teen work, definitely check it out. But... On top of that, he's just a a great comedic mind, and I said it in the MCP Pants episode, and I'll say it here, is that, you know, these would not be possible without this guy whatsoever. They could get any other rapper, and these just wouldn't have turned out as good, I don't think. You know, there's plenty of funny rappers and stuff like that, but without MC Chris, there is no MCP Pants, plain and simple. Aaron pointed out how convoluted MCP Pants' plans are, and I don't know that I really touched on that a whole lot in the MCP Pants episode, but yes, definitely great that, you know, with the power of Satan and everything else behind him, he could probably just pull off a lot of the stuff that he wants to do without all this convoluted mess, and the joke being that, you know, this convolution is what draws Meatwad in via the music aspect and is what leads to his demise, because Frylock always puts an end to it. But yeah, thank you, Aaron, so much for the for the voice message. I really appreciated it, and I'm glad that we could include it in time. I mean, I work on these like a day or two before they go up, so <laughs> you you didn't really miss the window there. So I'm glad I'm glad to have a message from somebody talking about the episode we are covering. And real quick, I forgot to mention in the community jiggle, but Erin mentioned in her message on YouTube that she was from Tennessee. And just wanted to sneak in there that growing up, my grandpa lived in Tennessee. So I used to go there uh, a decent amount. I lived in northern Illinois. But yeah, we would head there once in a while. And I had so much fun because my grandpa lived on a mountain, basically. So he had tons of land out there. It was always super fun to explore. But I don't think that it's in the family anymore after he died. But yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I I don't think about that a whole lot, but I used to go to Tennessee a lot as a kid, I think. But yeah, thank you, Aaron. Happy birthday again. I hope you had a great day. If you would like to leave your very own voice message to be played on the show, check the show notes. You can leave that at SpeakPipe or you can, uh, you know, contact me 10 billion other ways. So Aaron first reached out to us on the YouTube page and I'm checking the YouTube page's analytics right now and it looks like we have gotten two views from the search result for Teen Bikini. And whoever was typing that in only watched one second of my stuff. So uh, I guess they weren't very happy. Can't please everybody. But all right, moving on here, we have a voice message from none other than Sir Loin. Let's give it a listen. Hey, what's up? It's MCP Pants. Oh, um, uh, Super Sir Loin. Yeah, I'm here to tell you that uh, this voice message is for the shorties, yeah, for the shorties, yeah. Now you may be uh uh get, getting a a voice message also from the Saturday Ghost and what he says about me. It ain't true, man. Don't listen to him. Anyway, this is MTP fans for the shorties. 
sirloin, you naughty dog. Don't worry about it. I won't listen to Cybernetic Ghost because he never left me a message. So no worries there, buddy. Hey, you keep on plotting. You keep on scheming. But all right, that is it for our community stuff this week. Let's see what in Sam Hill was going on the week of August 31st, 2003. Flying its way to the top of the box office this week while feeding once every 23 years for 23 days, we have Jeepers Creepers 2. This creepy sucker bringing in $15 million this week and breaking its own record of the previous Jeepers Creepers bringing in $13.1 million for the highest Labor Day weekend debut. I think I saw the first one, but I can't really recall if I saw the second one or not. But I mean, I'm sure as far as a horror movie goes, it's probably pretty decent. I know you're dying to know, and I'm here to tell you there's no shared cast between Jeepers Creepers 2 and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Moving on to some TV news, earlier in the month, the national network is rebranded as Spike TV. TV for men, okay? No girls allowed. Moving on to some TV debuts, because remember, we are two months ahead of where we last covered in terms of pop culture. We have on July 23rd of 2003, Reno 911 makes its debut on Comedy Central, which is a very funny show, a cop mockumentary, very good time. I think they just made a new one recently, too. I gotta check that out, like a movie about it. I gotta check that out. It's probably really funny. And on August 4th on Adult Swim, we have Fooly Cooly, also known as FLCL, debuting, uh, coming over from Japan. So I love, I love FLCL. I think it's about six or seven episodes in the original run. And then years later, they made two new seasons of it. But I think it's about different people, kind of. But I haven't seen any of those new ones yet. But I love the original so much. Even if you're not an anime fan, I think you should check out FLCL because it just does so much interesting and, and new stuff. And the music is amazing. They have The Pillows, one of my favorite bands. They are a Japanese band. I might have even talked about them on this podcast at some point. But yeah, they have The Pillows doing the soundtrack for FLCL, and it's a good time. Let me play you a little Pillows while we're talking about them. That is the beginning of this song, Last Dinosaur, by The Pillows, which actually led me to find, while YouTubing for this song years and years ago, I found a band called Last Dinosaur, which is an awesome Australian indie rock band who I've grown to love as well. But yeah, The Pillows, just great. This song from the album called Happy Bivouac, which I have on CD and vinyl. It's actually my favorite album of theirs. Uh, all their other albums I, I, I enjoy well enough, but they aren't like amazing to me. But this album is so good. Every song on it is awesome. and it. For some reason, even though I've heard it so many times, whenever I hear it, whenever I heard that song I just played, it just brings me back to, I think, 2016. My fiance and I took a trip to Lake Geneva in Wisconsin because it was our anniversary that day. And I just remember having the most wonderful time. It was a beautiful day. And I don't know why it just transports me back to that car ride listening to this with her. And after like three or four songs, she's like, are they singing in English? Like, no, it took you this long to realize it. But yeah, great album, great band, and FLCL, a great anime, and just TV show in general. 
But all right, since we're talking about music, let's keep talking about music. What was going on this week in 2003? Of course, the week that Super Sirloin debuted. Let me play a little bit of our top album this week. Remember when 30 seems so old Now looking back It's just a stepping stone To where we are Where we've been Said we'd do it all that is old Southern boy Alan Jackson with his Greatest Hits album, Greatest Hits Volume 2, and some other stuff. And this sold 328,000 copies this week, this album showcasing a lot of his crossover hits. And like our friend Aaron from earlier, Alan Jackson himself, a Tennessee native. I like Alan Jackson for the most part. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I listened to any country music very often, but I grew up with my dad in a country cover band, so I'd heard some of these songs that they played, but Alan Jackson's someone I respect because he just seems very genuine and true to himself, which, you know, nowadays, to me, country music, a lot of it is just so fake, and, you know, it was this was always kind of pop music, of course, uh, but these days, it's just so hyper-pop that the stuff that people say just makes me laugh because it's so insincere, and obviously, they're just pandering to a certain demographic to sell music. But Alan Jackson, not somebody who did that, and hey, this Greatest Hits album speaks for itself. And I'm not a fan of old Alan saying here, remember when 30 was old, because <laughs> I'm coming up on it, I'm sure a lot of you are too, or are past it, and it's too real. I don't need to think about that. Let's, let's talk about something else. Moving on, what is our top song this week? That's right, we've got Beyonce, Queen B herself. Let's go, we got Crazy in Love. It's hard just to play a little bit of that song. That, that's a very, very, very fun song, very famous song. I'm sure you've heard it, and it fucking rocks. The album that Crazy in Love is on is Dangerously in Love, which came out around the time that Super Sport aired and was the top album for a week, but we didn't cover that week because Aqua Teen didn't air any new episodes that week. But yeah, uh, this song was the top of the charts the past month or two, so... Uh, we're catching it at the tail end. Luckily, we don't have to talk about it a ton, which, of course, you know, good song, but uh, it's always fun to get some new songs thrown in there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, but give me Beyonce over Jay-Z any day. I, I like this song. Gets me going. So moving on, what is our top alternative track of the week? Let go, watching you, turn your back like you always do. Face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. I can't. Holy shit, we have Linkin Park with Faint on the alternative billboard charts this week from their album Meteora. And we talked about Linkin Park back in, I think, Balloonenstein, something like that, because In the End was the top alternative song that week, another Linkin Park song. And yeah, I said it there, I'm, I'm a Linkin Park fan. I, I grew up as a little boy loving these guys. And it's funny because before I even saw that this was the top 
song this week for this episode, I was thinking, like, I should listen to some Linkin Park soon because, uh, you know, they're a good band. And, and one of the few bands that I listened to as a kid that I still like now, I don't really listen to them anymore, as you can tell by my thought that, you know, oh, I should listen to them as a uh, maybe a nostalgia kick. But this band, I mean, they're still good. I, don't, I think it's more than just nostalgia. And if you don't agree with me, well, shut up. I mean, it's just like the perfect combination of of poppiness, of uh, accessibility, but also being interesting. I think maybe you don't agree. That's all right. But Linkin Park, I'm still standing by them. At least these first two albums. Anything after that, I'm not super familiar with. And my understanding is they aren't as good. Real quick before we move on, I want to shout out that for three weeks, starting July 12th of 2003, we have the White Stripes with Seven Nation Army topping these alternative charts. White Stripes, a band I loved in high school, but kind of opposite of Linkin Park here. I don't really care about them a whole lot anymore. I still think that they're great. They have some great songs that I love, but uh, when I go back to try and listen to a full album, I'm like, oh God, this isn't as good as I remembered it being. That's just my opinion though. Obviously, they're a great band too. So moving on to video games, I have two main things I want to talk about that came out in this period between our last episode Super Sport and up until Super Sirloin airs. And first of all, we have Warcraft 3 coming out on PC, and I never played any of the Warcraft games, but I did play World of Warcraft, so we'll talk about that more uh, once we get there, but but cool to see some Blizzard stuff coming out. And then some big kahunas I want to talk about are Madden NFL 2004 and NCAA Football 2004, both coming out. Uh, the Madden game coming out this month in August, the NCAA game coming out in July. And, you know, I'm not a sports hunk, as I've said, I've never played either of these games, But I was interested, like, oh, we have two football games coming out, and they're both critically acclaimed games published by EA Sports. What's the difference here? So I I googled uh, which one was better, Madden or NCAA, in terms of the video game that came out this year. And it seems like people are saying the NCAA game is more popular than the Madden game. Although, uh, you know, I don't hear about the NCAA games anymore. I don't even know if they still make those. But uh, this Madden game coming out in time for the Super Sirloin episode has Michael Vick on the cover. That might mean something to some of you. And funny enough, as I record this here, one of my friends is now playing Madden NFL 22 on uh, Steam. It popped up and told me that. So, hey, there you go. I don't see anyone popping up saying NCAA, do I? And hey, look, before anybody messages me like, hey, man, fuck you. Madden is way better than NCAA. I'm just telling you what I saw, okay? That's all I'm doing. So that's our video games. Let's talk about what the heck was airing on Adult Swim this night. You are desperate for some new Aqua Teen. It's been two months. How can they treat you like this? How could they do this to you? Let's see what we got tonight. At 11 p.m., we have The Big O with The Greatest Villain, which is a new episode, and The Big O being an anime. So really surprising to see us starting here with an anime. And after that, at 11.30, we go to Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law with Denomut Part 2. So, yeah, just kind of of weird. They start off with an anime there, but uh, spoiler, it is only one of two new episodes this week. The second, of course, being our 11.45 show, the show that we are talking about, Aqua Teen Hunger Force with Super Sirloin. And that's it for new episodes. You know, I'm pretty sure every single time that we've talked about this, we always start with home movies or at least some other cartoon if, if it wasn't home movies at least a few of the times. But yeah, we have Big O instead of home movies. Then Harvey Birdman, Denim Up Part 2, Aqua Teen, Super Sirloin, as I said. So let's move on here. At midnight, we have C-Lab 2021 with Little Orphan Angry. 12.15 a.m., we have Space Ghost Coast to Coast with Pavement. 12.30 a.m., we get home movies in this back spot with Improving Your Life with Improv. 
1 a.m., we get Trigun, Demon's Eye, and then 1.30 a.m., Cowboy Bebop, My Funny Valentine. So this week, compared to the previous week we talked about of June 29th, 2003, we have completely kicked off the oblongs. It's not even on this lineup. And then we bring in the big O in its place, essentially. And then there is no Reign the Conqueror or Lupin the Third Part 2. And instead, we have Trigun and Cowboy Bebop. So some swapping of the anime, but, but adding of the big O instead of the oblong. So interesting change here. Uh, I guess we'll see if it keeps up this way. Especially, again, I know I've hammered on this a lot, but leading with an anime into, you know, other American adult animation is just strange. But all right, hey, that's our week in pop culture and Adult Swim stuff. I think we are ready to dive in to this episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Let's talk about it. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is brought to you by sand. Are you tired of nutrients? Have ample closet space? Love the beach? Try sand. And keep an eye out for our new sand cakes. One in 12 sand cakes has a lucky bottle cap. Sand, like grits, but better. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is also, as always, brought to you by the wonderful patrons and supporters of this show over at patreon.com slash dancingisforbidden, where at the $5 and up level, they are getting exclusive content such as deep dives into the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters, which we do at the end of every month alongside the community jiggle, as well as deep dives into other Adult Swim shows, and I'm working on some other stuff now to put in there as well, some Aqua Teen-related stuff. If you would like to support the show but can't do so financially, totally understandable. Just sharing the show, telling somebody about the show, it helps just as much. We also have a Discord for the podcast if you would like to get in there and talk to other listeners as well as myself, then check the show notes for that. Would love to see you there. All right, that's enough about all this business. You get the idea, support the show, share the show. Hey, good stuff. Let's talk about Super Sirloin. Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Super Sirloin, of course, premiering August 31st, 2003. And I want to say there's a little bit of a discrepancy between how this name is written out. Sometimes it is all one word, like a sirloin steak, S-I-R-L-O-I-N. Other times it is spaced apart, S-I-R space L-O-I-N, like the rapper's name. That's how it's written on Meatwad's poster, but I suppose as a joke, it is written as sirloin, like a sirloin steak. So uh, I will be splitting it in two because that's the rapper's name, but I don't know if there's really any correct or, or wrong way to do it because I've seen it both ways all over the place. For example, on HBO Max, it is all one word, but then in the DVD case, it is two words. So who knows? Super Sirloin airing with a TV-14 continuing the trend of Super Spore and marking the first episode this season dedicated to a returning villain. And since this is season two, this is the first time a villain has ever had a second episode or an additional episode in another season. And again, Moon Knights, of course, did show up at the end of Supercomputer, but the episode was not about them. This episode is about MCP Pants. So since MCP Pants is in this episode, of course, we have MC Chris making a guest appearance as a voice artist here. Not the first time this season because he was in Supercomputer as well as a uh, kid on the commercial for the Oogie Gmitach, whatever it's called. But, of course, MC Chris, a production assistant on the show, so he has been involved in every episode this season in some shape or form, at least I would assume since he is listed in the credits. On top of that, according to IMDb, we have Jim Fortier, 
on voice duties as well for Satan when we get the shot of hell at the very end. Now, in the first MCP Pants episode, that was played by Matt Malero, who was listed in the credits at the end of the episode. But here, neither Matt Malero or Jim Fortier are listed, but IMDb says he was Satan, and he was listed later as Satan in a future episode featuring Satan. So, I have to assume it was Jim Fortier, because I listened to both clips of the voices, and they do sound a little different. I'll play them at the end, once we get to that hell skit at the, you know, tail end of the episode. But... For all intents and purposes, we will say it's Jim Fortier, and he was the co-creator with Dave Willis on Squidbillies, among a ton of other stuff. For example, he shows up later in this season as one of the trees in Revenge of the Trees. He was a writer on Brack Show, as well as Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And yeah, just a guy, you know, involved in this William Street world that we love so much. And I forgot to mention it when I was talking about MC Chris, but if you would like more information on him, of course, check out the MCP Pants episode. I assume you have heard it. So uh, yeah, you know, I go into him there for a while. And MC Chris does make podcast appearances, so would love to get him on here someday, hopefully sooner than later. I just need to prepare the questions and whatnot. And yeah, that'll be fun. So look forward to that. As for the production code on this one, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force fandom wiki says 209. But then other places I saw said 207, and honestly, I don't even know if I want to mention production number anymore because I just don't know where these numbers are coming from, so I can't verify them at the source, so I feel like I might just be telling you made-up shit. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I can't really comment on this because of the you know discrepancy I, I found that I don't know if this is really 209. Or if it's really 207, you know, and it is the seventh episode of the season, so that means maybe it's airing in order. Maybe they're airing it before the real 207. I'm really not sure. I'm thinking on the Aqua Teen wiki, though, that this is a typo, because later on, Super Trivia is also credited as 209, so I think that they meant 207 and uh, just typoed. I don't know. Regardless, this is the seventh episode in the airing order. And let's see how this seventh episode in the airing order starts out with its Dr. Weird skit. The only visual elements to this one are we see Dr. Weird in the beginning and he just has a giant deer antler coming out of his uh, dress, for lack of a better term, where his penis would be. And then Steve questions him and he just blows a blue, I assume, stream of water out of his mouth, a very high-powered stream at Steve, and it breaks his hair helmet in the process, too. So I'll play that clip. Pretty self-explanatory with that visual information in mind. Gentlemen, behold! I have grafted a deer antler to my groin! Wow. <laughs> you know, so I'll fit in with the rest of the herd. It, it, how do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> so yeah, that is either Dr. Weird going to the bathroom, which it's a Again, a blue liquid. If it was yellow, then that'd be really self-explanatory, but it's not. So either that is him going to the bathroom on Steve and blowing Steve away out of the lab, basically. Or that's just some sort of random attack mechanism that Dr. Weird has. Which it is, I'm not entirely sure. Because again, you, you would think that liquid would be yellow to prove the point. So it's really up to you what, what is going on here. Something I want to point out here is that when Steve talks, you hear a lot of mic fuzz in the background. There's some sort of noise going on in the background but it's not there for dr weird which the reason this is strange is it's voiced by the same guy so maybe the dr weird voice lines are just so loud it overcomes that noise and the steve lines are quieter so 
they, they maybe had to turn everything up to hear the the Steve lines is loud and that's where all that noise is coming from. I'm not entirely sure, but it's really interesting because again, it's voiced by the same guy. So you would expect that noise to be there on both vocal lines, but it's not. It's only present, it seems, on Steve, but uh, maybe they were just better at covering it up with the Dr. Weird lines. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, that's the clip. Shorter than the ones we have been getting, but uh, still a good one, I think. I think it's just quick to the point, silly. Dr. Weir's doing some crazy shit. Again, for what purpose? Who is funding this and why? I don't know, but that's what's going on. Also, I would like to mention that in the first MCP Pants episode, Dr. Weird created MCP Pants, or it's suggested because he unveils him at the beginning, but that is not the case here. This skit has nothing to do with MCP Pants. Besides, uh, this joke I'm stealing from the Anime Superhero Forum, which we will talk about at the end of the episode. Of course, with reaction to the episode the night that it aired, somebody said that it kind of had to do with him because you pee out of your dick, and uh, Dr. Weird replaced his with an antler. So, hey, there's kind of, kind of a, a very, very, very loose reference there. So, opening the episode proper, we get an establishing shot of the Aqua Teen's house at night, and what do we hear? We hear that sweet voice of MC Chris, and in the episode, you assume MCP Pants going. And then we go into Meatwad's room, and we are focused in on a poster in Meatwad's room that says Sirloin, written in gold with diamonds encrusted down the center of each letter. And then we see to the left what looks like some sort of impoverished child with a bowl that she's holding out. And then uh, to our right, we see a rapper who is pointing at her he has you know a gold chain on gold wristwatch gold rings some gold sunglasses he's pointing at her and underneath is some silver text that says doing it for the shorties and then it says in stores now and then we see a familiar logo it's the little bear from the sugar bear records logo that mcp pants was released under so instantly we know what's going on which i love that i love within the first like one second of this episode we are caught up to speed on exactly what is going on in the episode and there is a great juxtaposition here between of course this decked out rapper next to this poor little girl who wants food and he's sitting there pointing at her like yeah see look at this and to draw back to the MCP Pants episode, which get used to it, because obviously we're going to be doing that a lot in this one. This poster is way bigger than the one that Meatwad had of MCP Pants in that one. In, in that episode, he had a small one, maybe, uh, you know, a foot long or so. This one is a very large poster. So, look, you've seen MCP Pants, so this one kind of sets up the same way. We have Meatwad jamming out too loud at night, and Frylock comes in to yell at him for how loud the music is. So let's check that scene out. Meet what? You need to shut it off. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that better? You still hear the song with the light out? I mean that. Oh, the boombox. No, no, we ain't doing that. Look here, I can't sleep. I keep thinking about all them starving children. You keep thinking about them because you keep playing a damn song. No, believe me, I know. It's a vicious cycle. I need therapy. <laughs> so, yeah, just super similar to the beginning of MCP Pants here, but, I mean, I'm not mad about it. I doubt you are. And 
Something really of note here is we see on Meatwad's wall is a light switch now, which was not there before. I went back and checked. This is the first time that light switch shows up. And what's funny is, you know, you expect a light switch to be at an average height. The standard height in the U.S. is 48 inches, which is equal to 1.2 meters for you uh, outside USers who are using a much more sensible unit of measurement. So, yeah, normally it's, you know, 48 inches high, but in Meatwad's room, it is brought all the way down to Meatwad's height, which is smart and really makes sense, you know, that, that it would have to be lower so Meatwad can actually hit the thing and turn the lights off. But that's the joke you hear where Meatwad turns off the lights and he's like, oh, is this better? He thinks Frolic wants him to turn the lights off, not his super loud music. So looking at this uh, light switch now, it looks like it's about probably like a foot off the ground or something like that, but it's, it's not done professionally, of course. They just brought it out and glued it basically to the wall. So you see the wiring going back up to the hole in the wall where the light switch is supposed to be. So I just love that rigged kind of uh, DIY look that they have going on here because it totally fits the theme of the rest of his room. But yeah, just an oversight really that he never had a light switch before. I never really caught on to it. But I mean, I'm sure there's a billion other things that don't make sense that I haven't caught on to yet in the show. Back to Sir Loin. And real quick, let's talk about that poster again. It is actually put up the correct way. In MCP Pants, the poster was almost diagonal, but in this one, the poster is straight and it looks good. Meatwad did a good job this time. I don't know how he put that big thing up, but he did. But yeah, we hear Sirloin, who we know instantly as MCP Pants rapping, and the song is For the Shorties. We hear MCP Pants rapping about collecting food for the shorties who have vacancy signs on their stomachs. There's no food in their bellies and he wants to fill them up and of course we know that there is some sort of nefarious reasoning behind this frylock comes in and yells at meatwad for this and now shake is about to join the scene as well i think what you need is to shut up for it's gonna be <laughs> hell week all roll up into one night all up in here shake i got this okay i'm serious he'll die tonight yo shake i told you i got this you're part of it think of what you think <laughs> That voice sounds real familiar. No, no, no. This is a new artist. Sir Lauren, listen to him. Let it change your life. All right, so I'm just cutting in here to let you know that Shake walks away, but he is still in Meatwad's room, and Meatwad keeps playing the music. Before that, though, I really want to point out how Master Shake says yo, which he doesn't normally say that or talk like that, so I think he's being influenced by the music a little bit. And before we really even get into this episode, I think it'd be funny if they went in the direction of Master Shake either got involved or... Maybe an MCP Pants episode where Master Shake is the mark, but anyways, let's jump into this clip. That there's a song with a message, and that message is that you need to think about the starving people gotta eat sand to survive. Sand ain't got no nutrients, I know, because I eat it constantly. <laughs> I got zero energy, I cough all the time, my diet's bad, and... <laughs> Good night, Meatwad. Meatwad, as you hear, falling asleep, but I like that the joke here is really that Meatwad himself is impoverished and eats sand, and, and he's sitting here worrying about these other shorties that go through the same thing more so than himself, which is very noble, but I just think Meatwad is too stupid to realize it. Anyways, like I said, Shake walks off, and Frylock is about to acknowledge that. Frylock calls out to Shake, who reveals himself in Meatwad's closet, of course overflowing with sand, the, the very sand he was just talking about that he eats, and Shake is holding a big orange chainsaw, which, uh, you know, you could assume his intention with it. You can come on out now, Shake. <laughs> Shake. Oh, uh, here it is. 
I was looking. Hey, now I can go cut that tree down in the back. <laughs> I like uh, I like Meatwad. He's snoring and he's just sh for the shorties. He's still singing the song that he uh, was listening to nonstop. And the joke was shake is shake. It's like, oh, I was just going to cut that tree down. I wasn't going to kill Meatwad with it. Remember, in MCP pants, he is threatening Meatwad with violence several times because Meatwad keeps playing. I want candy. And Shake, you know, he's had enough of it. So same situation here. Similar to Meatwad, I also got really addicted to a song this past week. This song being Not Sick by Tokyo Police Club, a band I really like. And I was revisiting their album Champ. And there's a few songs on that album, not including Not Sick, the song I'm about to talk about, that I loved for years, over, over a decade. And I put that album back on. Of course, I'd heard it before, but uh, it's been a few years. So I put the album back on. I forgot how great the entire album is. Specifically, the song Not Sick, I got, I got addicted to it, and I was not getting sick of Not Sick, playing it 18 times in one day, according to Last FM. I just had it on repeat, so I suppose I might have been singing the lyrics while I was snoring, too. Let me play you a little snippet. Not serious about the way that you are. Carolina. Just over and over again. Now, I was listening on headphones, but surely if I was playing it out loud like Meatwad was at night, hey, someone will grab a chainsaw and cut me up too. So yeah, as for that whole scene, we know what's going on here. The episode is set up beautifully, really. We, we're all up to speed on everything. So let's go to the next day now. It is breakfast time. We have the Aqua Teen sitting at a table, the same table they were sitting at with Travis of the Cosmos. The difference here, though, being that the chair is pushed in a lot more, or rather it's further back than it was in Super Spore, because in Super Spore we could clearly see the chair and all the books on it that Travis of the Cosmos was sitting on, but here that chair is just far back and Meatwad is kind of further back in the table, and we don't really see as many of the books. On the table in front of Meatwad is just some sand cakes, which they, which they will get to. There's a bottle cap in one of them. We see that Shake is eating steak and eggs and some sort of greenery on the plate as well, as well as a cup of orange juice. So Shake has quite the nice breakfast. And then Frylock has a mug of oatmeal, just a white cup. And Frylock is reading the newspaper. And on the paper, it is called The Times. And there's quite a few Easter eggs and just references to Aquatine in this paper. On the front page, we have a picture of Randall, Dr. Weird's roommate, who is fused with a pork chop. So we see him there, which is funny to see because... On our coverage of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters, there is the picture of Randall up on Dr. Weird's wall in his loft. So very funny there to see that again. I didn't realize that Randall was ever shown in between that movie and the TV show. So I wish I knew this then. I would have mentioned it. Also on the front page, we see Ignignoct, but I don't believe Ur is on there. I can't really make out what else is going on in the picture because it's so small. And then on the back page, we see a black and white picture of Oog with the supercomputer. So... Yeah, just some references to the show, which I think is really great. Very funny that they did that. And there are some headlines. Some I could make out, most I could not. So here are three of the headlines I could make out. One was, do roaches kiss? Which is hilarious. Like cockroaches, the insect. Another headline just says, faux shizzle. And then another headline says, people eating food, study finds. So that's really it. Which is funny with the food thing, you know, that, that wraps into the four to shorties concept as well as faux shizzle i guess because it's a rap episode and i really wanted to make out more of course i tried to upload this to several different ai upscaling services 
None of them produced anything I could actually read. And I, my best bet really was just playing it on my TV and standing up to it and trying to look because my TV does some sort of upscaling thing. And that I found to be the best results, quite honestly. But still, those were the three headlines I really could make out without spending a crazy amount of time trying to decipher things. Last thing I need to add here is at a certain point in this clip, Meatwad will roll away with his food and dump it into a black garbage bag. So, hey, let's take a listen. Breakfast time! I made your favorite! Sandcakes! You like those? Shake, I thought we agreed to steer him back towards real food. <laughs> I know, but it's so funny to watch him eat it. Wow! You got a bottle cap! Look at it He's still doing it! Wait a second. If the shortest can't have food, then I ain't gonna have food. You know what I'm saying? I do this for the shortest, y'all. Yeah, take it to church, <laughs> dump it in the collection plate. You know, you're the rudest person I know. And that's why you don't live here anymore. I. So, so Shake is just going off on Meatwad, who rolls up to Shake and grabs his plate of food to put into his garbage bag. Hey, my steak and eggs! Steak and eggs? This is for the shortest. All I got is a mug of oatmeal. Listen, we're on a budget. What do you want me to do? Thank you very much. Hey, damn it, I was going to eat that. Oh, gee whiz, I'm so sorry to inconvenience you. Well, other people in the world don't got nothing to eat. Oh, great. Thanks for sanding up my eggs. You know what? Just take them. When you leave the country, I banish you forevermore. <laughs> so not only did, did Shake kick Miwad out, he has banished him forevermore from the United States of America. Shake is so mad that he walks off and Frolic is about to talk to Meatwad about this. Meatwad, are you sure that this sirloin will take food that isn't prepackaged? He said he'd rather have it that way. He says, I don't care if the food is old or cold or covered in mold. It's for the shorty. Okay, 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 yes, yeah. okay, Meatwad, okay. I name sirloin, but okay, I Okay, 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 I heard all that last <laughs> night. Just enjoy the hunger drive, all right? I would like to point out that from all the lyrics we have from this song, Sirloin never actually says these lyrics. And there is a longer version of the song posted by MC Chris, and these lyrics are not in it. So I don't know if the intention was for the lyrics to be in the song, or so if there was like a discrepancy there, or if they just didn't care while they were writing this. You know, and, and that kind of goes into how involved Matt and Dave were in the writing of this song. I'm not sure. These are things I'll have to ask MC Chris when I get to talk to him. Moving on, we have Meatwad outside carrying his bag of food. This time it is overflowing with some stuff. We see a few food items poking out of the bag. Some of the things we see are a raw steak of sorts or just a piece of beef. Frylock's mug of oatmeal, Shake's breakfast, what looks like poop, just a uh, spiral of poop like the poop emoji, and then I think a raccoon's tail. So we will touch on some of these later, but I'll mention them now. Meatwad heads over to Carl's to see if Carl has anything to add, so let's find out if he does. Hey, Carl. Oh, great. You've seen me. Hey, you want to <laughs> contribute to Sir Lawrence Hunger Drive? You got food to shorty, y'all. Yeah, let me see here. I think I got some uh, oysters over here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, thank you. And uh, be sure to thank Sir Lawrence for keeping me up all night. Yeah, I, I do that. Hey, I thought their oysters had shells. No, usually, but not these. They were uh, farm-raised. And my throat with cheese. <laughs> hey, uh, you want some crabs? Because I got some of them. No, no, my, my bag's pretty full right now. I don't know <laughs> if they're Alaskan king, but they feel huge. So there is Carl's only appearance in this episode. I don't want to be negative towards this episode compared to MCP Pants, but that is one thing that bums me out is that in MCP Pants, Carl played a big role in it and him and Meatwad were buddies in that episode. That's not the case here. It's just Meatwad off by himself. And of course, there's always humor in Carl being mean to Meatwad like that. But 
I mean, that was like the best part of MCP bands, I thought, is that Carl got roped into it too. It would have been funny if the same thing happened here, I feel like. Just again, like I said earlier with Master Shake, you know, it would have been funny if he got involved too, maybe. I mean, I don't know. For me, that was some of the magic of the original episode. And yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave that there because I don't, I don't want to uh, be too negative about this while we are still covering it. But again, that's Carl's only appearance in this episode. He just hawks a loogie into the bag and then asks if he wants any crabs. In case you don't know, he's talking about his genital crabs, uh, some sort of body lice that can grow in your in your groin area. Maybe if you have a deer antler there, that'll stop that. I don't know. Anyways, we move on to our next scene, and we have Master Shake in the kitchen, and he is looking all over for his duck a l'orange, which is a duck meal that is coated in some sort of citrusy orange sauce. He is looking for it in the cabinets and stuff, which is weird. Why would you leave meat? in the cabinets like that but he's looking everywhere and the kitchen much cleaner than it was in old drippy and i I find it interesting this is the seventh episode of the second season we're in the kitchen and in the first season the seventh episode is where we saw the kitchen with old drippy and i think these are the two only instances where we really go inside the kitchen so both kitchen times reserved for the seventh episode of each season and yeah this it's almost shockingly clean in their kitchen there's just nothing there it doesn't look lived in at all, which I suppose makes sense if they don't have any food. But still, I feel like it's uh, unrealistically clean for the Aqua Teens. But check out the old Drippy episode if you want me to describe their kitchen. It's literally the same, except it is clean now. In the closet, we just see a broom. And I noticed the addition of on the oven. It looks the same, but there are now handles where you would pull down the main part of the oven and also the drawer underneath to keep additional pots and pans and stuff like that. Also, they are missing their pink kitchen mat. It is no longer on the ground, but I suppose that maybe they threw that away when they cleaned the kitchen because it was so gross. Back to all of the cabinets and everything being open, I suppose Meatwad could have done that too when he was looking for food because it is established in this scene that Meatwad has taken all the food and the only things he hasn't taken that we see in the refrigerator, which is left open, are a bottle of hot sauce, ketchup, and what seems to be some, some sort of alcohol, like a whiskey or something like that. So, all right, that's enough setup. Let's jump into this scene and see how Shake reacts to not being able to find a very nice meal that he was leaving for later. Can someone please explain to me what happened to my duckling a l'orange? We had duckling a l'orange? <laughs> you don't even know how to say it's to stop. Try it once. No, forget it. You know what? You're going to try it and then you're going to screw the name up and then it's going to sound disgusting. I won't even want to eat it anymore. Thanks. Thanks for ruining my lunch, which is gone, by the way. Have you looked in the fridge? Oh, brainstorm. <laughs> I alert the internet. I got a genius on my head. Oh, wait a minute. It's already open because that's where I put it when it was shipped in from Alsace. All right, let me correct myself here. I believe it is duckling a l'orange. I uh, forgot the N earlier. Look, I don't eat this kind of stuff. You know, I, I thought it sounded gross at first. They got orange on duck, but I've had orange chicken from Chinese restaurants, and that's delicious, so this is probably pretty good, too. Shake says that it was shipped in from Alsace. This is a region of France, and it is on the northern part of France, and it is the southernmost part that borders Germany. So it's between France and Germany, basically. I mean, it's in France, but looks very beautiful from the pictures I'm seeing. I'm sure it's a great place to be. During that scene and during that rant, Meatwad comes into the kitchen, but you know, I don't really blame Shake here because what Meatwad's doing, which we will get to because that's what they're about to, to tell him, it's really messed up that he's taking all of their food. And I know what it's like to think that you have something that you really like in the fridge, you're going to go eat it and it's gone. Someone else took it, someone else ate it. And I understand that frustration. And so, you know, I, I, I can forgive Shake's anger 
in this moment because yeah, it's it's not great when you're excited to eat something that's not there. So let's jump back into the scene in the kitchen, the uh, sacred area, which we never see, and hear what Meatwad has to say about all this. Try looking deeper than your heart and ask it where it wanted that duck to go. Down your throat, you bug-eyed freak! <laughs> you know how much that duck costs? Higher than you can count! I'm sorry to say this, but Shake's right, Meatwad. Charity is one thing, but this is getting way out of hand. I mean, we don't have anything to eat now. Well, I don't know about that. I don't. Mean say sad <laughs> oh, come on now it ain't that bad i mean you just gotta sort of catch up it up so yeah just kind of everything i already said i suppose i didn't even need to play that clip but the irony here really is that meatwad wants to help the shorties and he is making his roommates and himself starve because he's taking all of their food now were matt and dave trying to make some bigger kind of social commentary on this i don't know and a part of me kind of doubts it but it's totally possible uh, we, we'll get more into that as the episode goes on, though. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Miwad mentions how sand isn't that bad. You just got to sort of ketchup it up. And that gives Shake the idea. He goes into the fridge and grabs the bottle of ketchup and runs away out of this uh, scene here, at least out of the kitchen. And I want to point out that once we see the kitchen again, you, we see the ketchup is still in there. So even though Shake took a ketchup asset, like he's holding a picture of ketchup in his hand and he brings it into Miwad's room, spoiler, we still do see that the ketchup is in the fridge, which is funny. Anyways, continuing with the scene, Frylock is going to ask Meatwad what is in his bag because he has a whole bag of food now since he took all the food from the Aqua Teen's house and then went over to Carl's. And, and I suppose he's also been out and about grabbing other food as well. What do you got in that bag there? Uh, let's see. A dead raccoon, <laughs> a dog doer, and uh, more dog doodle. Meatwad, I doubt <laughs> seriously that Sirloin wants you to send in dog doodle. The song goes, bring in your pooper, bring in your doodle. Meatwad, while he's rapping too, I like how he's like moving his arms around. He's like raising the roof while he's singing it. He gets really into it. And I should point out this lyric again as the previous lyric that Meatwad was mentioning. We never actually hear in the song in this episode and in the Four to Shorties released later that you can find on YouTube. Uh, you can't hear these lyrics. Now, of course, this makes you wonder is it a discrepancy? Which I assume it is. Or is Meatwad supposed to be wrong? Is he making these lyrics up? But I don't think that's the case because Frylock doesn't point out that, oh, you, I never heard that in the song. So let's let's jump into, we're in the hallway now by the kitchen and Meatwad is playing the song for Frylock. Exactly where does he want you to bring all this stuff, Meatwad? 612 Wharf Avenue. What? 612 Wharf Avenue. Huh? Maybe I should go down there with you, Meatwad. You too, Shake. Shake. So it's revealed 612 Wharf Avenue. That is where people are supposed to bring all this food to. Of course, because it's an MCP Pants thing, that's where they went in the MCP Pants episode to go hopped up on sugar. And of course, where else would they go? And... We cut to Shake. He is in Meatwad's room. He is holding the bucket and shovel that is in Meatwad's room by the sand pile. And there is ketchup all over the sand. We see the ketchup bottle on the ground. Master Shake is trying to eat it because he's so hungry. I also want to point out the ketchup all over Shake's face with sand and stuff. He's a messy eater, poor guy. Uh, I suppose maybe all that got on there when he is coughing up the sand because you're not supposed to eat sand. <coughs> got texture to it. <laughs> Sort of like grits, except, oh, who am I kidding? This sucks. <laughs> so yeah, uh, sort of like grits. Grits being a porridge made from boiled cornmeal. I haven't had grits in so long, but I remember liking it as a kid. Grits and butter, mmm, good stuff. I should probably buy that again. I want to point out here that 
when Master Shake, he again, he has ketchup on his mouth and he's talking and the ketchup moves with his mouth in a pretty realistic way, a way that we wouldn't have seen in season one. In season one, I feel like the ketchup stains would have just stayed where they were. They would have been static and his mouth would have moved. But here they move up and down with his mouth, which we see a somewhat similar technology later once we see Sirloin. So we head on down to 612 Wharf Avenue. This time we do not see the outside establishing shot. We just go right into the warehouse. And yeah, it was pretty clear that this is where Terry was doing his business in episode five of this season, Supermodels. So I guess Terry lost the lease. He's not he's no longer in operation here. But MCP Pants is back, and this time his plot seems to be much more successful, in fact, wildly more successful than in the MCP Pants episode, where in that episode, Carl and Meatwad were the only ones that showed up to his scheme, but here, the entire warehouse is just filled with food, and you hear flies everywhere, there's food all over the ground, there's just mountains of garbage and, and food and trash. It's possible maybe he got this stuff by himself, but I doubt it, I, I assume it, it got sent to him, and... Of note of things I see here, there's a bunch of corn, which is reminiscent of the Dr. Weird openings, the back-to-back -back ones where Steve gets killed by corn. We see a teddy bear, which is just not a food item, so that, that kind of stuck out. And then we see a bunch of Angela Dito bags, which, uh, you know, throw back to the Super Bowl episode of this season. And I did some comparison to the original MCP Pants episode. In this one, we have MCP Pants making an appearance a minute and two seconds earlier than in the MCP Pants episode, which gives us from the time he's first shown on screen till he dies a full minute and about one or two seconds more than the MCP Pants episode. So we get a minute more of, of the man himself in this one, which is nice. I'm not complaining. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, at one point, maybe on the Patreon or something, because this is like super in-depth, I kind of want to compare these episodes side by side and just compare the different beats and stuff like that and and try and look more objectively at at which one I like more and which one I think is better but that's something for a later day let's head on over to 612 Wharf Avenue and see what's going on two visual things to point out is Shake spots his steak and eggs up on a a pile of trash really in there and he's really interested in that he wants to go get his steak and eggs and at first I was like well why does he want it now that it's you know not good anymore he could have gotten it out of Meatwad's bag but I assume it's because he's so hungry now he's he's desperate enough to eat the steak and eggs even though at this point it would not be good anymore and then we see Sirloin who appears the same way that MCP Pants did on a cardboard cutout on a stick so we see the same guy from the poster, but clearly he is on a stick being moved around by somebody else. And there is no spiderweb element this time. Before we had MCP pants, the little guy being held up in a spiderweb, but that is not the case anymore because, uh, spoiler, if you haven't seen this episode, which you have, MCP pants is no longer a spider with a shower cap and a diaper, but we'll get to that soon enough. Let's jump into this clip. It stinks in here. Oh my God! Mom. Look at this. Oh. This is grossing me out. I'm gonna. Are those? Those are my steak and eggs. Get the hell out of my oh, way! Whoa, 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 whoa! Who that? Who are all these people, man? What's going on here? Yo, what up, dude? It's Mizzy Wazah. So yeah, uh, basically everything I described just happened, and let's keep on moving. There's not a whole lot to interject here, other than no, I was wrong. There is something to talk about here, and that is that. In the original episode, something I liked there, and I don't think I even touched on this, is in the original episode, MCP Pants, which I believe was episode 9 of the entire show, that was really the first time to interject some horror, some suspense, 
into the show. And this time it's not really here, both in the buildup of getting in here, because in, in the MCP Pants episode, Carl and Meatwad are outside of, of the warehouse and, and they're talking and Meatwad's like, yeah, you know, stay close, like blah, 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 you know, all, all this kind of stuff setting up to this big thing. And obviously that's quickly broken when Meatwad turns the music on and runs in like, yoo-hoo, hello. But in this episode, they're just there right away. They just kind of cut to the chase. And also, I suppose that horror element is removed because we know what's going on here. We didn't really know in the initial episode, the first time you see it, you don't know what's going to happen. Oh God, what I would give, what I would give to see these episodes again for the first time. Holy shit. That, if I could erase my memory, I, uh, that, would be, that would be such a treat. Once I'm like an old man or something, uh, I would pay for that. Anyways. Back to this. Yeah, there's just no uh, horror element. We know it's going to be MCP pants, but that's all right. I mean, I think a big part of it is we know what it's going to be. So even if they set it up to be horror, they would just be wasting time because we know it's not going to be. So to get us up to speed again to what's going on here, we have the cutout sirloin talking to the Aqua Teens uh, fr from behind a pile of trash. Whoever, whoever is holding it is behind a pile of trash moving this thing around. So Frylock is going to challenge him, walk up, and, you know, just pull that cardboard cutout away, and let's listen to it happen. Yo, is your little joke gonna be bringing me sand? Yeah. Man, what you thinking? Look here, man, what are you, the sand man or something? Come on, get it together, <laughs> boy! Man, it's for the you know? It's for the EPA is who it's for. What? <laughs> who said that? Man, you bring people over here? You ain't supposed to bring people over here unless they dead. Is he dead? I don't think so. Ha! Just as I thought. What? You don't thought nothing. Not what I'm looking. So... Uh, yeah, the EPA that Frylock mentions is the Environmental Protection Agency, a U.S. agency meant to, you know, look out for these kinds of situations where there's a huge pile of trash inside that could lead to a lot of contaminations, a lot of health issues, all sorts of stuff. The EPA would not be happy about this whatsoever. Frylock pulls away, like I said, the sirloin cutout, and now what is going to happen is whoever is controlling, well, we know it's MCP Vance, he's going to put out a... A similar cardboard on a stick figure that is of MCP pants in the first episode, the real MCP pants, the spider with the diaper and the shower cap. He's about to stick that out and talk to them. Here I am. This is the real me, man. Check it out. See me dancing? Oh, you see him dancing, aren't you? MCP pants. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Oh, man. I got that done at Kazinko's. That phone call. That's expensive, man. Come out here so we can see you. So he, he's moving around the MCP pants cutout, which just looks so obviously fake. Meatwad falls for it. And he's like, oh my God, it's MCP pants. And that kind of goes to an issue with this episode of obviously this was MCP pants. I, I guess I can forgive Meatwad for not noticing, but you think Carl would have pointed it out. Frylock did point it out towards the beginning, but you think he would have been more proactive about this, about not letting Meatwad listen to this because he knows it's MCP pants. And you think that Shake would have pointed it out because Shake was involved in that initial episode. So just the characters kind of all playing dumb here, Frylock to the least extent, but still, I, you figure he would handle it in a different way. And I mean, that, that's fine. I guess what I'm getting at here is it maybe would have been more interesting if they if they didn't kind of just carbon copy the first episode in a sense. Now, obviously, Frylock knew what was going on, but I would have liked maybe if Frylock shut this down harder and then MCP Pants had to contact Meatwad in a different way. But, but I mean, these are just my random ramblings. Again, I am not a writer for TV shows, so what do I know? MCP Pants here mentions that this was 
foam core that he got from Kinko's. Foam core, I assume, being like this cardboard thing, there's foam in the middle, so it's sturdier. It's not going to bend as easily. It's just higher durability, so a bit more expensive to, to produce these cutouts. But Kinko's was a store where you could go and make copies of things, get things printed out, stuff like this. Obviously, I mean, Kinko's isn't even a thing anymore. It was absorbed by FedEx, and it's now called FedEx Office Print and Ship Services. But it, it was like a really big thing, especially in counterculture scenes, because, you know, you could print your 500 flyers about how, you know, whatever cause you're passionate about. You could do that at Kinko's and you would do that at Kinko's. You'd make copies of things, all that stuff. Uh, just a dated reference because Kinko's isn't even around anymore. And most people can do this kind of stuff at home in some capacity or just order it off the Internet. And, and yeah, FedEx, the shipping service, has bought them up and kind of has taken them over. There's got to be some sort of Kinko's documentary because I'm sure it'd be super fascinating to see. Uh, I should look into that. Anyways, moving into our next clip here, we have MCP Bands revealing his true form now, which is in the shape of a cow. He's a giant cow with a diaper on and a shower cap, which is a strange creature for him to be requesting all this stuff because he's a cow. He can just shit. Or he, he, he'll eat grass, take a huge dump, and he'll get all the flies he wants. So I don't understand why he needs more people to send stuff in. But anyways, yeah, he's a cow now. He has been uh, demoted from a spider to a cow with the diaper and the shower cap on. And when he comes out, he seems to be shocked that he's realizing now it's the Aqua Teens, the people who killed him the first time. I guess he didn't realize it was them initially. Which, you know, it's just funny that he is continuing to operate not only in the same location, 612 Wharf Avenue, but that he chose to come back to this specific town in New Jersey. Of all the places he could have gone to try this scheme, he goes to the exact place that he was stopped last time. So pretty funny there. But hey, he's MCP Pants. What else do you expect from him? So let's take a listen to this grand reveal. It's all down on the phone, baby. Check me out, man. I got a couple others now. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at you. What the hell happened to you? I mean, you tell me. Well, man, I'm going in for a job interview and next minute, boom, I'm in hell. Devil <laughs> sent me back here in his lower life form. Said I gotta earn my way up the ladder. <laughs> what ladder? The hell out of you, potato cracker mother. Which ladder you think, man? I live in hell. That's okay, okay, I'm okay. Hell. All right, settle down. It's, it's all cools. Night. <laughs> okay, Frylo. Let, <laughs> let me talk to him, okay? <laughs> I like Meatwad just laughing at Frylock. Like, okay, Frylock, let me talk to him. And, and and then it's just a great joke of Meatwad saying he knows rap, uh, which he uh, most certainly does not. Although he seems to in the episode, though. But but back to MCP pants real quick. I want to mention that I forgot to point out he, he is wearing a cowbell around his neck made of gold that has S and L inscribed on it. So Sirloin. So that seems to be his like real name at this point. But also that... Whenever he is like getting carried away with talking, he'll put his arms up and that causes him to fall forward. So this is an amazing little detail that they did not have to add a little animation they didn't have to make, but they did. It's so funny that whenever he's talking, he moves his arms forward and then he just falls on his head. This is so funny and just bizarre and, and, and pointless, but it's great. It adds so much to the scene. So again, with Meatwad seems to actually be able to translate and speak rap for Frylock, let's jump into our clip where he is going to do so. Well, ask him what he's doing with all this garbage. Tell him no. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize I was speaking to a fool. 
So at first I was like, oh, MCP Pants, he's just talking to Frylock. He doesn't, like, Meatwad isn't actually translating. But MCP Pants is looking at Meatwad, and he is waiting for Meatwad to translate for Frylock. So that actually does seem to be the case, which I love, because it's just the dumbest shit that Meatwad is saying. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And actually, MCP Pants here has some improper translator etiquette, because when you have a translator, when you are speaking to somebody, my understanding is, you are supposed to look at the person that is being translated. You aren't supposed to look at the translator. It's just more formal this way, more respectful, and that way you can actually read the expressions, the body language of the person you're talking to rather than just looking at the translator to tell you, you know, what's going on here. So, not good, MCP pants. So, moving on here, this episode really differs from the MCP pants episode because in that one, Frylock kind of figured out what was going on by reading the lyrics. In this one, Frylock doesn't really go over the lyrics as much, and MCP Pants now is just about to tell them what his whole plan was. All right, let me break it down for you. I'll go slow. A fly is a little tiny insect. It got wings. It flies around. All right. It goes... <laughs> All right, I know what a fly is, okay? Well, hey, man, I just want to be sure. Okay, so these flies, they come here to eat this. The more of this I have, the more of them I get. But they don't eat like you and me, man. Uh-uh, no. See, I got four stomachs. How many you got? I don't. Look, why don't you just get to the point? <laughs> I'm getting to the point, man. You in my house now. Yeah. So where were we? The flies. I know. <laughs> All right. They spit on their food, right? They do that to eat. And guess what they're spitting out, man? Acid. I'm thinking millions of flies. I'll spin it once. Yeah? You see what I'm thinking, huh? Right? Yeah. No, I still don't, but I'm sure to get you arrested. Not this time, <laughs> So something here I should mention about MCP Pants now is he has teeth now since he is a cow, not a spider. And when he's talking, a lot of the times he'll smile and you'll see he has a golden tooth with a star on it, which is very fancy. Also revealed here besides this golden tooth is that Frylock seemingly doesn't have a stomach. And this is interesting because Frylock was going to eat a mug of oatmeal and he was upset when Meatwad took it away and he complained when they didn't have food. But if he doesn't have a stomach, then why does he really care about food? You know what I mean? But uh, hey. That's all right. I want to mention the great, just pure Aqua Teen Hunger Force moment where MCP Pants asks, where was I? And then uh, Frylock explains and he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that's, that's such a Matt and Dave thing to do. I, I don't really see that in any other shows. Another thing I want to point out here with the food, though, is notice how Master Shake is completely gone at this point. And I have to say he is for the rest of the episode. So, yeah, kind of strange that he just uh, sees the steak and eggs and disappears. I don't know if they intended to have him do something else, like maybe he fell off the garbage pile trying to get it and dies, but we just, you know, that's the end of it. He runs after his steak and eggs, and he is in no further scenes. Anyways, Frylock, as opposed to the previous episode, he's not really understanding what is going on here, even though MCP Pants has explained to him what's going on. And really the gist of it is that he's trying to attract flies because when they spit up, they, you know, use acid to eat. They, they uh, spit the acid and digest with acid outside of their body before ingesting it. And he wants a lot of that acid, but he hasn't explained for what yet. So we're going to jump into why he needs the acid. Don't you see, Frylock? He's going to use all that fly spit to melt down the walls of the First National Bank. Exactly. <laughs> He's angry at banks. <laughs> Hate the ba Stupid-ass meatball mother, I melt the walls so I can get the money. So I can keep up with the payments on this here patio furniture, which, by the way, is broken now because I broke it. Thank you very much. You ever see a cow sit on patio furniture? I ain't. Look at that umbrella, man. I ain't half this. <laughs> So 
also, I, I should have pointed out what this patio furniture looked like. It's just um, just kind of beach furniture you would expect or, or furniture you'd have on your patio. Yeah, just, just uh, recliner chairs and a table with an umbrella. And all of the fabric possible is eaten because he's a cow. He's eating it. And everything is squished, too. He can't even sit on it because, you know, cows weigh so much, so much more than a uh, patio chair would be meant to support. Probably made out of plastic or some sort of cheap metal. Anyways, Miwad actually is perceptive here and picks up on the fact that MCP Pants is going to use all this acid to melt down the, the walls of a bank to rob the bank. Now, Miwad thinks it's because he's angry at banks, but that's not it. MCP Pants just needs some money to pay off his patio furniture that he is renting. Renting furniture... Uh, sorry, I don't mean to disrespect anybody. I don't know if it's really done anymore. Like, I feel like it's such a scam. I, I don't know that anybody besides rich people or I suppose people who just can't afford this kind of stuff would do. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Because if you were really poor, you wouldn't be renting fancy furniture. You would just find some or buy some super cheap, I feel like. I don't know why you would put yourself in that position. I know that my, my grandma did that. She would rent furniture, which I guess makes sense. Like maybe if you always want to change up your furniture, it'd be more financially viable to do that. But that, you know, that's a big money waste to, to constantly be changing what your couch is and stuff like that. So big mistake here by MCP fans to do this because it's a total gotcha scheme where you're just going to pay way more than it would cost just to buy the furniture, honestly. In terms of the First National Bank, there are tons of banks called the First National Bank. So I don't know which one this is. Like, there's just so many. It's a really common bank name. I was going to say, like, if this was one specific bank, then I'd be like, well, why didn't MCP Pants just do that there? Because then he wouldn't have to transport the asset or anything. But it's very likely there is a first national bank in the town that they're in because it's such a generic bank name. Anyways, yeah, it's, it's revealed that MCP Pants is doing this for the acid to get the money for the patio furniture and meet what it's about to come to a sad realization. He knew a whole album was a lie. It wasn't for the shorties at all. It was for you. Look, if I don't come through with this, they're going to take everything, man. I knew I should have rented furniture, man, but I got expensive taste. You don't even have a patio, man. Well, I know <laughs> that now. So poor Meatwad here because he worked so hard to get this, this food for MCP Pants. And it was all just for him. And, and as MCP Pants is talking, he has some of the patio fabric in his mouth. And so when I talked earlier about the ketchup on Shake's face moving with his mouth here, as MCP Pants is talking, the fabric is moving with his mouth, which is a really nice effect. I can see they're moving uh, some vertices or, or just some, some points on the mesh. I don't know. It's just, it looks really nice, really well done. They went above and beyond with it. It wasn't necessary at all, but it adds so much to the scene, even though you might not even notice it actively. And all right, earlier I mentioned how it's possible that Matt and Dave were being pessimistic about, you know, helping people out and stuff because really you're just being used by the person at the head of this all. Something like South Park, I feel like the message would have been, oh, that's why you shouldn't help people because the guy at the top of, of the whole operation is just scamming you and keeping it for himself, which could be said some of the times. I mean, if we look at some of these large agencies that help with this stuff, the people at the top sometimes are making a lot of money. It's like, okay, well, that's not why people are giving you money, you know, for you. For example, with the thing in the Ukraine right now, you got to wonder, I mean, I'm sure it's happening where somebody's like, yeah, send me money. I'll, I'll buy stuff for the Ukrainians or whatever, but really they're just keeping it for themselves. But I don't think that's the message here at all. Again, something that's South Park, that would be the explicit message. But here it's just um, MCP Pants is a shitty person. Meatwad should have known better, but I don't think it's like, oh, you should never help people or anything like that. Regardless, though, you can't help but feel bad for Meatwad because he's so upset here and he worked really hard to get the food for the shorties. 
Anyways, that last clip ended with MCP Pants acknowledging he doesn't even have a patio, and he knows this is all ridiculous. He knows he should have never rented that furniture. And from there, we cut right to some sort of industrial area. We don't quite know where they're at, but we see they are in front of a rusted fence. The ground is mostly dirt with a few patches of grass, and they are just kind of summarizing everything discussed before. I think the lesson here is never rent furniture. The interest is too high and the terms are unreasonable for something that you really didn't need in the first place. Bitch, I need to sit! <laughs> if farmer gets to sit, say, give me the milk, give me the milk. I'm gonna take that stool away from that farmer, man. Stick it right up his ass. Tired of that farmer. There isn't a farmer, is there? <laughs> I, I can't fill the hole in my life with stuff. Mama Hot's playing tricks on me, man. Poor MCP Pants is losing his mind at this point. Apparently he's a dairy cow, although, you know, he doesn't even know if there's a farmer or not. This is just total madness, and he comes to the realization that he can't try and solve his issues with material goods. Which is exactly what I did back in 2019. I was pretty goddamn depressed, and I would uh, buy stuff online, particularly vinyl records, which is how I got a majority of my collection, because I was so depressed. And it was like the only thing that took my mind off the depression. Now, luckily, I didn't put myself in debt or anything like that. I, I had some control, but uh, I can relate to him a little bit, poor guy. I think for me, it was more so like I would buy something and then I would get to be excited for it to show up. So it would take my, take my mind off the depression in that sense, not the shopping itself, just waiting. Oh, I'm so excited for this thing to come. Then the thing would come and I'd still have all my problems. I'd still be depressed and the cycle would repeat. And that line that MCP Pan says, tired of that farmer, I have this kind of vague memory of being in fifth grade and I was thinking about this episode at the time and I said this out loud to other people like I thought it would be cool or funny to say. Of course, nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. So I don't know what I was going for there, but uh, that's what I felt in the moment, I guess. I think I was, I was in fifth grade, I was, I was around a bunch of older kids. I was trying to seem cool. And uh, as you can guess, I don't think that accomplished that very much. Well, look at me now, eighth graders, talking to people I could say shit like this. And I would imagine that you, the listener, are laughing your ass off whenever I say these quotes. So fuck you, eighth graders. Back to this episode of Aqua Teen. We are in for our grand reveal. Now, if you'll remember, the MCP Pants episode ended with the Aqua Teens killing MCP Pants by tricking him that he was going into a job interview. And really, it was just an abandoned building that they blew up and killed him in. And this is similar situation here. Frylock is telling MCP Pants to go inside, telling him it's a bank. He's going to get a good loan so he can pay off his furniture, which, I mean, paying off a loan with a loan, probably not the best idea here. But hey, I, uh, whatever it takes to get MCP Pants in the building, because the building is actually a slaughterhouse. Now, if this is a dairy cow, I don't think that they would just slaughter him the second he walks in there. But hey, sometimes you just got to say it's a cartoon. Anyways, the reveal is that it says slaughterhouse on the building, but... MCP pants can't read, so let's check it out. Look, we're gonna fix all that, okay? Now you go in there and you get yourself a low-interest loan with reasonable terms, so you can get that debt under control once and for all. And that says bank? It does. Yes, it does. It does. You know I got trouble with words, man. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to rapping, I got it, but, you know, when it's books and signs and closed captioning, man, I'm at a loss. Uh-huh. Now going up the loan chute. And after I get this, I'm gonna get my GED and turn my life around. Okay, see you later. Hey, man. That's good. Let's go. Man, wait, wait a minute, man. This ain't no bank oh, So really violent here. This ending much more violent than the MCP Pants episode. That one, there's a big explosion, and you kind of see, like, the spider just, for lack of a better word, shittily fly away. Like, it's just badly animated, but but in a funny Aqua Teen way. 
Here, MCP Pants, he realizes what's going on. He tries to leave, but he's grabbed and pulled back in. And then we just see a spray of blood go everywhere. So really violent, kind of sad, honestly, because he hates being in hell and he wants to be back on Earth. And he's talking about how he's going to turn his life around, get his GED, which is basically when you get your high school degree. Uh, I guess he never graduated and all that stuff. So he really wants to become like a good person, it seems like. And he just gets killed again by the Aqua Teens. So kind of kind of sad there. And again, notice no shake in that scene and this following scene. So from there, we instantly cut to Carl's Pool, a classic debriefing at Carl's Pool, which we, you know, haven't been getting a ton lately. And yeah, that's where we are. And we have Meatwad and he has a skull drawn on his face, kind of like uh, corpse paint you would see on a black metal guy. Well, this is just a skull on Meatwad's face. And he also has a fork, a spork, another fork, a candle, two forks, and then some sort of pronged utensil sticking out of the top of his head. This is supposed to be just spikes, I guess, some sort of mohawk of sorts, maybe. Kind of reminds me of the Static X cover for the album Cannibal. You should check that out because uh, it's, it's a skull with a bunch of forks. That album kind of touching on eating meat, how that is uh, kind of a, a cannibalism in a way. Meatwad kind of giving them the idea for this four years later, which is really funny. I never really realized that. But the candle you'll note on Meatwad's head, it has the campfire flame that we are used to seeing from season one. So even though we have graduated in season two to higher effects in terms of fire and flames, they still know where they came from. They're still representing their roots with this space ghost fire animation. So without further ado, let's jump into this clip and see why Meatwad is dressed up like this. Boy, I feel like a fool. I ain't never again gonna do what no stupid rap musician gonna tell me what to do. That's a good idea, Meatwad. From now on, it's only heavy metal bands that gonna boss me around. <laughs> Them people speak the truth. They got this six-story skeleton named Eddie, and he, like, opens his mouth all crazy <laughs> fang-like. He's crazy as hell. And that's why you got the eye makeup on, right? Uh-huh. This is my demon face. You see, I'm Satan's onion. Scallion. Minion? No, not that. <laughs> so what Meatwad is trying to say is Minion. He is like a servant of Satan. He, he's an onion scallion. A scallion very similar to an onion. So just very, very funny there. But Meatwad reveals he's done with rap music and, and only heavy metal's bossing him around now. Good choice, Meatwad. I, I think it would have been funny and kind of a missed opportunity to have MC P-Pants come back as a metal artist. Now, of course, MC Chris is a rapper, not a metal artist, so how would that really work? But I think it would be funny to uh, come back in a new style to trick Meatwad. So during that clip, Meatwad is talking about how they have a six-story skeleton named Eddie, and he, quote, opens his mouth all crazy fang-like. He's scary as hell. So that is a reference to Iron Maiden's mascot, Eddie, who is some sort of a demon thing that shows up on all of their albums in some different forms. So if you're an artist, even, um, and you have no interest in metal music, that's fine. Look up the Iron Maiden album covers because it's really creative and just interesting the way they always have Eddie come back in some new form for the album on their covers. And I think he's on every single one of their covers, which is really cool, at least in terms of their main albums. I'm sure there's like one EP or some shit like that that doesn't have him on it. But yeah, Iron Maiden, an awesome band, one of my favorite metal bands from the 80s and just metal bands in general. Growing up in our basement, we actually had a giant Iron Maiden banner of their Killers album, that album artwork. And I always thought it was the coolest, scariest thing I ever saw. So I love that Meatwad mentions Eddie here because as a little kid, I just loved Eddie so much. And let me play you a tiny bit of Iron Maiden. Yeah, 
Look, you give me a galloping bass line, you give me dueling lead guitar parts, I'm in! Sign me up. Love Iron Maiden. Can't say enough good things about him. And I should, I should mention more specifically that when Meatwad is talking about a six-story tall guy named Eddie, they would bring out some sort of guy dressed up as Eddie on the stage and, like, you know, be creepy and move around the stage while they're performing. Not really six stories tall, but some, in, in their more uh, recent elaborate stage shows and by recent i mean like the past 20 30 years they do have really big eddie stage pieces that are just giant and they move around and stuff just really interesting stage shows from iron maiden but just a great band on their own as well actually a few years ago i uh did a little cover video thingy of the trooper on guitar and bass i'll try and find that and upload it to uh the twitter and to the instagram at some point this week that would be at Aquatine Pod on both. Check the show notes if you'd like to see your boy rocking out, jamming out. Anyways, back to this scene. We have Frylock floating in the pool. I like that he's just in the pool. Meatwad's hanging out next to the pool. And next to Meatwad, they're about to reveal. We haven't seen it yet, but they're going to show that there's a CB radio next to Meatwad. And this is a radio that truckers would use or, you know, CB radio enthusiasts or hobbyists would use to talk to each other and all that stuff. Meatwad is communicating with Satan. I'd like to point out that the number on the CB radio is 8. You would expect it to be 666, the number of the beast. Ah, fuck, why didn't I play that Iron Maiden song? So yeah, we have Meatwad on channel 8. Let's hear what he's got to say to the devil. Why the CB radio? No contact on the devil. Satan got your ears on, come on, Andy. <laughs> Over. Roger. Ten four, good buddy, you got Beelzebub on the download. Come back. I like how he's using a CB radio, not like a Ouija board or something. It's just so funny. Anyways, we are transported down to hell. And while we do so, we basically just drop through the earth into hell. And in between the Aqua Teen's house and hell, we see some nuclear waste barrels, which could be because of Shake's doing in superhero or maybe that is to try and explain why the aqua teens are so weird hard to know for sure anyways down in hell mcp pants walks up as a cow and then he gets blasted away by satan hey satan my man what's up man? Ah! i'm on the phone here so that is supposedly jim fortier let me play that clip again then i'll play the one in the original episode which was matt malero so just played differently than the original one, I think. And Jim Fortier goes back to be credited as Satan in the last one, the last episode of this season. But then in the Little Brittle episode, when we go back down to hell, it sounds more similar to the Matt Malero version. So I think it's safe to assume that it is Jim Fortier here. Why they changed this up here, I don't know. You figure that they would have Matt just jump back in the booth real quick, then bring someone else in. But Jim's a cool guy, so can't complain about it. But yeah, that's the episode. That was Super Sir Loin, our season two appearance of MCP Pants, the first villain to come back and get a whole episode in another season. And they couldn't have picked a better villain. Love MCP Pants. As you'll know, again, the first one was my favorite episode of season one. 
Now, is this going to be my favorite episode of season two? I'll get to my thoughts in a little bit. First, let's jump over to the Anime Superhero Forum and talk about what was going on there on this night, the night that Super Sirloin aired. First of all, our buddy, The Landstander, has the episode description that was provided ahead of time. It is, at the request of a rapper named Sirloin, Meatwad collects food and garbage for a very dubious hunger drive. Anyways, before the episode even airs, we have Red Boot saying, 10 bucks says Sirloin is voiced by the Grammy award-winning songwriter MC Chris, which, hey, somebody owes Red Boot 10 bucks. Overall, the mood here is very, very jolly. Everyone really seemed to like this episode. Tiger Runner had this to say. It was okay. Sirloin was cool because cows rock, but I really hope that this whole rapper tells Meatwad to do something and he does it theme stops here. Not to say that this was a bad episode. It was quite good, in fact. I'm just afraid that these episodes will just get worse and worse. As for the actual song, it wasn't as good as I Want Candy. That was the bomb diggity, yo. Um, so I wanted to read that one because, of course, everyone's just like, wow, that was great, that was great. And, yeah, I, I feel like Tiger Runner has a point, and I'll get more into that once I start reading my thoughts. Animation Otaku had this to say, Although it was Meatwad's episode, Frylock had a lot of the great lines, including the one about steak and eggs, and also the one about jail near the end. Shake's disappearing was kind of odd, but this show has never made too much sense. So yeah, great point there that uh, it, is, it is a Meatwad episode, but we get a lot of Frylock in it too, which is nice. It's a, it's a nice bundle between Frylock and Meatwad with a little bit of Master Shake and one scene with Carl. Uh, Frylock definitely wasn't as prominent in the original episode, the original MCP pants. The last comment I want to read is by user Skyle, who had this to say. I haven't posted on these boards since last year, then in parentheses, you were all heartbroken when I left, I'm sure, end parentheses. But I've watched Adult Swim the whole time, and I just had to log back on and tell you how much I loved last night's Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Probably my new favorite episode. The Meatwad Carl scene was comedy gold. I also like how the cow kept lifting up its two front legs and falling on its head. Great, great episode. So yeah, overall, just everyone seemed to really like this one, except for like the one comment I read. Lots of love for the Dr. Weird skit as well. Overall, this episode went down great. And before I move into my thoughts, first of all, I have to mention this whole thread will be in the show notes. So check that if you want to read through it. There's about three pages of discussion. But also, I will be playing the fullest version of the song for the shorties that we have available to us at the end of this episode. So stick around for that. Anyways, going into my thoughts here, I really have to learn better how to separate my feelings as a viewer, as a fan of the show, and my feelings as a podcaster covering the show. Because when there's not as much interesting things to talk about, it really like negatively influences my thoughts on the episode. And by that, I mean, this is kind of a rip of the first one in a way, but it does less things that I'm interested in. Now, as a viewer, I still appreciate the hell of it. As someone making a podcast about it, I'm always looking for similarities and differences. And it's like, overall, it's pretty similar with less memorable moments for me. But as someone just watching it, I just like it and laugh and all, all that good stuff. So, you know, I, I can't let the fact that I'm hyper analyzing it influence my thoughts too much. But I do stand by the fact that I probably, as much as I like this episode, I think it's a good episode, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. Basically, I think it would have been interesting to do something a bit different than just following the beats and the formula of the original one, but at the same time, the strength here is all of the dialogue and the interactions between the characters, and that, it doesn't matter what, you know, beats and storyline plots they're hitting, the dialogue is different than in the first one, and the dialogue here is really funny and, and potentially even better. 
than in the first one. So in that regard, it succeeds. But, you know, if the first one didn't exist, would this episode be better or worse? I'm really not sure. Of course, it'd have to be a little different because we're supposed to know who MCP Pants is. But I don't know. I feel like between the two, I would choose the first one. And that makes me feel more negatively towards this one. And I guess I can't really get into my full thoughts until we cover the little brittle episode, the third installment in this trilogy. So it'll be fun to cover that one, then rank, you know, all these three episodes and how I feel about them. But this one, I mean, the other week I was working on Super Spore, I think, and I posted to my Instagram, like, I'm procrastinating working on my Aqua Teen podcast because I'm watching Aqua Teen. I was watching episodes that I wasn't covering, and I was watching this one. I was watching Super Sirloin, and I just really liked it. I liked it enough to sit there and just watch it instead of getting up and working on the podcast. So I think that kind of says it all. I, I don't want to hyper fixate on the, you know, what could have been here because again i would love an episode with mcp pants that's just completely different uh, maybe if he gets he, he gets frylock hooked or he gets shake hooked or something along those lines this one to me followed the original one a little too closely but again having said that the dialogue is funny all the moments are funny you heard in the clips i'm laughing at everything so really it succeeded i mean it's not like it's a bad episode. Uh, looking at IMDb, this one has an 8.1 compared to the original MCP Pants episode with 8.6. I feel like that's fair. So I think I'm going to give this one four steak and eggs out of five. It's not as good as the original. I do stand by that, but it's a really enjoyable episode. While it did follow the formula pretty closely and cut out, for example, the Carl Meatwad relationship, the dialogue was all just really smart, and the pace was great. It never felt like it was dragging. It never felt boring. And we got a whole extra minute of MC Chris in this one than we got in the original one. Again, there's no horror elements here, but there's also a satisfaction and a hilarity in us, the viewer, knowing exactly what is going on the entire time. Even if it's your first time seeing this one, if you have seen the original MCP Pants episode, you'll be in on the joke here the entire time that Meatwad is being a dumbass because it's MCP Pants just playing him. And, and he was more successful this time because he actually got a bunch of people to bring him food, apparently. So yeah, that's my thoughts on this whole episode. And as we see the other MCP Pants episode, and I believe he's going to be in Aquadonk side pieces as well, we can discuss all of those. And uh, at some point, too, I'll, I'll talk about the songs, more rank the songs and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I hope I don't come across as pretentious or annoying or anything, saying what I would like to see, what, what could have been, because they still can do these things. And, you know, if MCP Pants shows up again in Aquadonk side pieces, I look forward to it. So thank you for listening. As always, really appreciate you spending the time with me talking about the teens. If what I do brings you value, if you like the show, support in any way. It's the lifeblood of this podcast. So, hey, you heard me earlier. Patreon.com slash Dancing is Forbidden or just share the show around. I'm sure you got a group of friends. Tell them about it. If you don't have any friends, well, I'm sure you got skin on your forehead. Get a tattoo with my website on it. As always, thank you, Sean, Ian, Josh, and Keenan. You guys, hey, you can eat my patio furniture any day of the week. Take it easy, everyone. I'll see you next week when we discuss Season 2, Episode 8, Super Squatter. Bye-bye. Real quick, I'm going to cut in here and mention that at the end of the episode, they play for the shorties, but I'm going to be playing a longer version found on YouTube. I don't know where it originates from. 
I should have said this in the episode proper, but I Want Candy got re-recorded around the time that the movie came out and released that way. This, I don't know where it comes from, but hey, we have it. It's obviously MC Chris. Let's take a listen. Sir Lawrence in the house. 